So over the next few minutes, we're going to take a look at what is exaggeration when it comes to raising capital? What does it look like? If you find yourself tending to exaggerate, what can you do to modify that behavior? What works better? What should we be focusing on? So that's what we're going to take a look at today. There are millions of real estate investors out there, and most are stuck with just a couple of properties. They want financial freedom, but their small portfolio ends up costing them more in time, effort, and money than it's worth. Getting out of the rat race seems harder than ever. This show will help you do more deals, better deals, and bigger deals. Finally, you'll be able to reach your income and lifestyle goals. How? By attracting and leveraging private money partners and their capital. Now get ready to raise more money, because here's your host, Dave Dubow. Well, hey, welcome back. Dave Dubow with another episode of the Raise Capital 101 show for real estate investors. And today, we're going to be taking a look at one of the big sins, one of the big mistakes I see real estate investors making when they're trying to attract joint venture partners, capital partners, investors, whatever you want to call it, and raise capital for their deals. And this big mistake, this big sin is the sin of exaggeration. That's right, exaggeration. So I got this idea recently when I was down in Mexico visiting an old buddy who is living down there and kind of working on a bit of a real estate project. And quite frankly, he's struggling with it. He's struggling with getting investors on board, with getting buyers on board. And I think part of the problem is exaggeration. So that's what we're going to look at in this episode. So what does exaggeration look like when it comes to raising capital? Well, I'll give you an example from my buddy down in Mexico. So he's got this little project he's working on. He's trying to sell off lots, subdivide a property that he has. And <laughs> I was down there, I was looking at it, and it's a nice property. However, this guy, he's a very positive kind of guy, which is good. I mean, positivity is good. If you're a positive kind of person, that's going to do you well in life. However, there's a difference between being positive and being a little bit over the top. And unfortunately, I think my friend sometimes tends to go towards the over the top side of things. What do I mean by that? Well, everything's amazing all the time. Everything is fantastic. Uh, a great example of exaggeration with this particular little deal is he's got this this property. It's on the kind of the side of a hill of a mountain. And he, ta he was talking about how he built some lakes because access to fresh water was a challenge there. So supposedly he's got underwater rivers, he's got aqueducts, he's got all these kind of things that he talked about a lot with me. And he talked about how he built a lake on this property. So I don't know what you think of when you think of lake, but I think of a pretty damn big piece of water, body of water. So I went to visit him and we went and took a look at this property and I went out to his quote unquote lake. And to say I was underwhelmed would be an exaggeration. <laughs> I grew up up north around Fort St. John. I've got some family up there that are farmers. I don't have a farming background myself, but I've been on a few farms. And my buddy's lake looked an awful lot like what we would call a dugout back home or for being generous you might call it a pond, but it sure as hell would not be called a lake by any stretch of the imagination. So this guy had been talking to me for quite some time, even before I got to Mexico, 
about how proud he was of this lake and how, in fact, he had a couple of different lakes. So I saw the, the biggest one, which looked like a good-sized dugout or a small pond. Then we went up further up on the property and he showed me the other lake, which definitely was a dugout. So again, you might be saying, well, Dave, what's the big deal, lake or dugout? Well, here's the thing. If we're trying to get people to invest with us, or in my friend's case, he's trying to sell some some lots on the on these properties. If he's using the wrong language, if he is overdoing it with his description of things and then actually showing people what he was describing and it's a massive letdown, then what do you think that's going to do to his prospects of selling the property? It's going to put a big kibosh on it, right? So again, this guy is a lovely guy. I love him dearly. But he just has this tendency to exaggerate. And, you know, that's just one example of quite a few. But the challenge is when you hear this kind of exaggeration and then you see what it is the person was talking about, and it's definitely a whole bunch of steps down, it makes you question everything else that they've been telling you. It makes you question everything else they've described, everything else they've talked about. It throws a seed of doubt in your mind, right? So the same thing happens when your investors, if they catch you in exaggeration, I'm not going to say catch you in a lie, but it's just about as bad. Catching you in an exaggeration creates distrust. And distrust, if they start getting those little spider senses in the back of their head going, "Eh, something doesn't seem right here, that's going to kibosh the deal. Because again, so much of people's perception is nonverbal. So much of it is intrinsic. So much as it comes down to feelings, trusting your gut, coming down to that gut feeling. So you got to be very, very careful if you have that tendency yourself to exaggerate. So if you do, here's some things I'm going to suggest for you. Maybe you say, well, Dave, you're a marketer. Isn't exaggeration part of your whole scheme, your whole spiel? Well, maybe so, maybe no. I definitely try not. I try to accentuate without exaggerating. But definitely when it comes to talking about rental properties or talking about deals or or those kind of things, you don't want to exaggerate because again, if you get caught in that exaggeration, it's going to cast a lot of doubt on the whole deal and your your integrity by itself as well. So if you find yourself tending to exaggerate, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you take a page from Tom Peters' advice can't remember the book that Tom Peters wrote, but I do remember the quote, and that is, make sure that you always try to under-promise and over-deliver. Under-promise and over-deliver. So, for example, let's take a look at what my friend might have done instead of talking up his lakes on his property. If he had have under-promised, if he had kind of been more cautious, more conservative, more modest about things. That's the right word. A little bit more modest about things. He might have referred to these as his dugouts, right? So he might, there's nothing wrong with that. It's what he wants to create. The idea of is the fact that he's got plenty of water on his property so that you, you don't have to worry about having access to water. So again, instead of talking about lakes, you should have talked about dugouts. And then when you see it, it's a bit bigger than a dugout. You might say, well, that's actually a pond, but you're coming to that conclusion yourself versus backpedaling. Okay. So again, 
when it comes to you and your specific situation and your deals and what you're offering your potential investors, always keep in check how you are describing things to folks. In fact, here's one of the recommendations we always give our clients, and that is not only under-promise and do your best to over-deliver, but also in addition to showing people what the upsides are of a deal, definitely go over what the downsides are of the deal as well, because people are smart. They understand nothing is perfect. There's good points. There's bad points. If you're the one that points out the not so great points of your deal of your, or of your project, that's going to go so much further to creating that trust factor and just getting people really much more engaged with you and your deal. So under promise, over deliver, point out the good stuff, point out the not so good stuff, show people what you're going to do to minimize or mitigate or deal with those not so great factors and then allow them to make an educated decision. And the chances that they're going to decide in your favor go up exponentially if you are not exaggerating. Now, speaking of attracting investors, raising capital, if you're looking for a shortcut on how to find your ideal investors and raise significant capital quickly, I'm talking about six figures in as few as a few, in as little as a few weeks, seven figures in a matter of months, then I'm going to recommend grab a copy of my book. You can see it, Money Partner Formula. And you can get that at my website, moneypartnerformula.com. The book walks through my entire Money Partner Formula process. You can get that for the cost of your name and your email address. While you're at the site, you can poke around, take a look around, check out some of the case studies. And if you're interested, you can even book a call with yours truly for a capital clarity session. All right, take care. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode where we're going to be talking about a second big mistake my buddy was making when it comes to finding investors and selling his properties and how you can avoid that mistake as well. And that's a matter of staying and getting focused. Check it out.